Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> hey, you guys! What's going on? Welcome to episode 480 now of the Ron and Don Show, and heck yeah, happy holidays, happy holidizzy. We are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, you got a story you want to talk about, right? Yeah, did a, a female Russian attractive spy uh, make it into Mar-a-Lago where their classified documents were? <laughs> it's a fascinating story. Yeah, I love that story. Also, kind of a serious story, you guys. Uh, one of my homes just caught on fire yesterday. You're not going to believe what happened. I can't wait to tell you. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, I kind of have my smooth jazz voice on today. Yeah, boy, you got hit by something. <laughs> we're, we're recording on a Saturday. This will come out, I believe this comes out on Monday, right? Last Saturday, my mom's in town. We had an 80th birthday. You were there. I was in charge of punch, in, so I brought some punch over. How was the punch? I didn't have any, but it, it, it I smelled it. And it smelled uh, like a 22-year-old dorm room at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, after the boys had been out all night and came back. Because anything bourbon to me, there's a reason why Bourbon Street is called Bourbon Street. And when I left New Orleans, I left bourbon. I stopped drinking bourbon. Because when I drink Jack and Coke, I get really fun really fun and i don't want to go to bed and in new orleans that's okay because you don't have to go to bed but here in seattle i would just be up all night drinking bourbon uh with no one to call so i didn't even know that you liked bourbon well you um called me you're like hey my mom's having a birthday party can you make your famous punch and i'm like what famous punch <laughs> and so i thought that the only you know because in in uh the shamrock shocker well during covid didn't you make the shamrock shocker i mean that was 25 years ago i don't even remember what's in the sham you don't want the shamrock shocker for your mom's birthday uh but yeah i mean if we want to go back to uh 1997 dude how long have i known you i understand that all we we have is going back at this point but like there (laughs) was like okay what's the last time i made any punch yeah and i thought back i had a a thing at my condo pre-covid era i was like oh yeah i made that like a bourbon lemonade thing. Yeah. So I was like, I guess that's the punch you want. So I went to Trader Joe's, got all my ingredients. It seemed like people enjoyed the punch. They did like the uh, punch. Yeah, I, I do like bourbon. But I've been trying, I've been dialing back the alcohol. I'm trying to lose a couple LBs. Yeah, you're looking uh, good. After I went to the cardiac ward for 10 days, I was like, yeah, I need to drop some pounds. Not because of you, because of your pops. Because so. my pops, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's a couple episodes back. You want to hear that story. He's doing very well, by the way, back home with awesome. my mom. But uh, go, so. Go, go, Bob, go. When um, you know, I, if I have a couple drinks, all the most of the time, like at that point, um, you know, a Dick's Deluxe sounds like a good idea at midnight, or yeah. and not not that you know. So I just it, I eat poor. I eat more poorly when I'm doing that. So bourbon I, opens the way to it's a gateway a, drug to, to stacking to, a lot of other bad habits yeah. with, with it. It's it's like the old country song, Ron, that says, "I only smoke when I drink." But 
drink all the time. So we had this part of the party at your mom's house. It was great to celebrate her 80th. It and was. then yeah. you like immediately, it sounded like your throat went sideways on you. So I my I got a little bit of a sore throat too. So I was doing COVID tests this week just to make sure yeah. I didn't have any COVID. Yeah. I went down hard for three days. My friend uh, Joe went hunting with some of his friends. Uh, I don't know if he caught anything, but he's sitting down in New Mexico. He got sick. His wife, Jennifer, got sick. My mom's a little sick right now. Uh, not as sick as I got. And I, I, I hate I hate when people tell you how sick they are, and they're like, it's come out of both ends. I hate that. But. I could say that right <laughs> now, but I'm not going to say it because it's gross. But anyway, it's been, it, it, it's been a challenging week. And then uh, the fire that I'm about to tell you about here, in our in our segment uh, uh, coming up, I did the same thing you did though. I COVID tested. I uh, went out to the cottage and I locked myself in the cottage because my mom turned an idiot. I didn't want to get her sick. Didn't want to get my son sick. Uh, and and I went out there for really a couple of days and just kind of isolated. Kept taking COVID tests because these COVID tests aren't always accurate. And after I'd taken a number of tests, I was pretty convinced I didn't have COVID. And then when I could, because I'm telling you, for two days, it was hard to see straight. This thing hit me hard. Uh, and, and I'm talking, we're talking in bed, sleeping all day and all night, uh, fever. And then when the fever, have you ever had one of those fevers where it breaks and you just get up and you can wring out your clothes? Yeah, it's, it was that. Fe- it was that fever. And, and so when I got on the other side of that, I felt a lot better. And then it just turns into a respiratory thing. And this thing is deep, right? It is very, very deep. Down Deeper there. than your voice. Hey, <laughs> I've been here all week. Thanks, yeah, everybody. Yeah. So that's why I have my smooth jazz voice on today. Because if I go any louder, I don't think I'll, I think I'll blow it out and I won't be able to talk. But I thought this was interesting. I called my doctor. I talked to, I have a new doctor, uh, Dr. Edwards. At the polyclinic, and I and I check. You, you, anyone can call him. By the way, he's taken on some new patients, so he's amazing. If you're looking for a new primary care, Doctor Edwards, he's 40 years old, young dad, uh, really loves kids, family practice, internal medicine. Uh, and I know that you have a, a new doctor that's taken patients as well. Do you yeah, want to, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Way, it's way, been way, way to go. It's been. I was traumatized. You're by so the, you're so personal. I was traumatized by the uh, the <laughs> cancer check that I forgot about. <laughs> okay, so sort of block that out. Yeah. Anyways, I called him. I, I talked with him. He said, "You know, we are seeing more flu now." than we've ever seen since we've been recording the flu, which makes a lot of sense because there's a lot more people in the world. And I said, "How did this happen?" He said, "You know." When COVID happened and we all started wearing these masks, it really tamped it down. And I said, yeah, but I got my flu shot. I got my, I think I'm into like my 16th COVID booster. I have as many boosters. I'm, I'm as boosted as you can be boosted. And I know that you are too. Right? I believe I am. There might be one more boost out there, but I Oh, I how do I outboost you? No, I've done uh, huh. the regular shot plus... Plus Three the boost. Or four boosters and monoclonal antibodies. So yeah, you're, I think I'm, you're, I'm pretty you're, boosted. Yeah, you're, you're but it doesn't mean I shouldn't continue to take the boost when my doctor. You're Lauren Green to. on the Bonanza. You're way out front, and I'm still in the back uh, on the little horse, little Joe. So <laughs> so anyway, he said uh, with all the mask wearing, he said the flu around the world disappeared, and he said when it comes to the vaccine. We're guessing because we look at the strands of the flu from the year before, which I've heard this before, but I don't think I ever really paid attention. Isn't that fascinating? And you said, when it comes to the vaccine, we just kind of take a guess. 
And he said, this year, they just guessed wrong because we didn't have good data because everyone's wearing their masks. The flu disappeared. Well, now here comes the flu, and it typically comes out of Australia before it hits us here. And so I'm blaming this on all the Australians out there. You mother effers. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but, but, I, but, but I have to say, you know, we're looking at the flu. We're looking at COVID. We're looking at RSV. Uh, I don't even know what RSV means. Uh, check it out. That's a, it's a deep respiratory issue that's affecting a lot of kids and, and has killed a number of kids as well. So, uh, my mom recently had a checkup and had to go to the emergency room down in New Mexico. When she got there, it was 140% capacity. They say right now around the country, and this is not because of COVID COVID only represents 19% of these numbers. We're at 80% capacity around the country right now, which means in some areas, you may have a hospital that's at 20 or 30, but in Albuquerque where they don't have a lot of physicians because it's a very poor state and not a lot of physicians want to go there because you got to pay off your medical bills. It's hard to even get a primary care. They're at 140%. And I'll just pivot back to this. We, we, we can't have the emergency rooms of America be our healthcare system we have to be smarter than that. And what you see now in affluent neighborhoods, and I live in an affluent neighborhood, I do. I live in the Queen Anne neighborhood. You can go up on Queen Anne Avenue, and there's two primary care, urgent care centers up there where you can go. And in this neighborhood, instead of going to Harborview, for instance, people are starting to go to those places. Though those, those doctors and these big companies that have come in and started these small primary cares in a lot of these neighborhoods, they're not starting these in the South Central area. They're not starting these down in the stadium district. And some, of George- depending on how affluent the neighborhood, some of them are just saying, pay me a, a retainer every month yeah. and screw your insurance. Right. I'm just going to basically, I'll come, I'll make house calls. Yes. Uh, you can have a, a private meeting with me anytime you want, but you're going to pay me a monthly stipend uh, and I will be your doctor. Yeah. And so, and so what's happening the rich are getting richer. We're getting better care, right? And I'm not calling myself rich, but I have built some wealth in my life compared to folks in other neighborhoods. And it's interesting to me, and, and then, Ron, I'll get your thoughts. You look at $130 billion in today's dollars of damage during Hurricane Katrina, 580,000 uh, people, right, Uh ultimately displaced really millions of people but for the long the people that were on that journey for a long time over half a million which is much bigger than what we saw in florida and florida is here in those communities quickly healing itself compared to what we saw katrina but you know what happened the one public healthcare hospital that they had in new orleans that was open and we saw all these crazy things on tv it is still boarded up to this day there is no plans to reopen it because the people that go there cannot pay. And so they lay death and dying literally on the streets of New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, how much time do we have to talk about the healthcare crisis in America? Like we, we just spend stuff in the wrong areas. I, I heard uh, Chuck Todd talking about this Who? the other day. Chuck Todd. Yeah. Uh, that this, the elections, midterm elections – Six billion dollars were spent on those elections, uh, ending up with uh, you know the one in Georgia with Warnock versus Herschel Walker. Six billion 
dollars on all of the stupid ad campaigns. Amazing. And if you're watching an NFL game, you with a B. See, with a B, with a six B. billion. So we we always sit here and go Shoot. talk about uh, healthcare. How much could six billion dollars do? You know, we're gonna you know knock down. We have we can't. We need everybody needs to pay their debt on these these college loans. But then we'll take donations for six billion dollars to basically get one Senate seat. I mean, that, that's the net outcome of six billion dollars is plus one. Uh, uh, for the Democrats on on a Senate seat, so yeah, like politics is broken in America, healthcare is broken in America. Like I, I've been reading about this, you know, in earnest for twenty years now. And you look at all the different models around the world and how everything works, and it's just one of those really strange artifacts of American history where uh, one company in Waco, Texas, way back I think in the forties or fifties was out recruiting another company and they offered healthcare. Oh, I didn't know and that. like that's the huh. that's the beginning of the healthcare system and then ever since then people started using that as a benefit to attract workers and it evolved into the system we have now. If we were going to start over uh, right now you would never ever do this. It's inefficient. It is punitive to the poor and also punitive to the rich. Yeah. You can get an MRI in some hospitals for 350 bucks. You can go to a different hospital. It's $2,800. Uh, and so wow. for the same exact machine, same exact procedure, and you do that for every procedure yeah. up and down the ranks. So your dad's in Florida. Uh, that's the number one destination right now still for people that are retiring. And also it's the number one destination for people that aren't retiring. Isn't that amazing? Uh, even with the hurricanes and everything that we've seen on television, um, what is your take on, and without getting too personal, but you were there front seat when your dad was having his heart operation, what was your take overall on the quality of his healthcare and the way I, I thought it was outstanding. The, the, the hospital workers I actually bought them. I went and bought a case of wine at Trader Joe's. And just took it in because these a lot of these people are in their twenties. Like the they need a drink. The day to day, you know, workers of like coming in and yeah. changing out a bedpan or you know making sure that the the right yeah. IV oh. drip bottle is on. Like a lot of them are twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, and then their supervisors are usually in their thirties, yeah. etc. And so I was like, I, I felt like they were super. They cared. They yeah. were there. Uh, then we moved to a rehab facility that was brand new, and and I thought that was outstanding as well. So, um, but you're right. That's a that's a state that is um, geared towards healthcare. So there's a lot of healthcare workers there. The climate is really nice, yeah. and unlike Seattle, um, there are pockets where you can live. So, like in Seattle, a lot of times if you're uh, the, the, your first job out of college, you're uh, at a hospital. You can't live in Seattle. Yeah. You're going to live uh, and drive 45 minutes each way uh, to work there. So in, in Naples, at least, you know, you can do a 15, 20 minute drive and find a place to live that you can pay for. Yeah. All right. Let's talk more on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, it's pretty cool. You know, when it comes to toys and it comes to kids, uh, I don't know if there's another corporation out there in Western Washington that cares like Lesh Schwab does. In fact, we just had the food driver on for Thanksgiving, and now here comes the toy drive just in time for the holidays that we all may celebrate a little differently. 
But at the end of the day, it is all about the kids. Isn't yeah, it? inflation is high. The economy is rough for a lot of folks. And these kids, by no fault of their own, uh, might be in a situation where there's not a ton of money for toys. So what we'd encourage you to do, stop by your local Les Schwab uh, to- Tire Center right now in all of Western Washington and participate in the toy drive. You can do it one of two ways. One, you can bring a brand new unwrapped toy to Les Schwab, or uh, you can just give them some cash money you can come up you don't have to get out of your car roll down your window give them some cash they use that buying power uh, to buy the toys for the the genders and the ages that are in the most need so toy drive is on right now if uh, you have not been impacted by this uh, economy as much as your neighbor uh, we encourage you to give an unwrapped new toy or cash at your local Les Schwab tire center is another reason why Les Schwab has been doing the right thing since 1951 52. 52. <laughs> Laura Miller's one of the leading commercial real estate brokers around the sound. You see her name everywhere. But when she needed to sell her own home in West Seattle, she turned to Ron and Don. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. As someone who regularly handles multi-million dollar deals, Laura has high standards and expectations, and she says the guys exceeded them. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course, and they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> In no time, they got a deal done. Laura got even more than she hoped for. And she says she couldn't be more impressed with their service, attention to detail, and results. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. (laughs) I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. You did really well. They're awesome. They are just people you want to hang out with. (laughs) And if you're ready to get more for your door and work with some pretty awesome guys as well, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. Hey, it's T-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Are you guys welcome back to episode 480? We went a little long on that second. I really want to tell you about this fire uh, that happened at my house. And you're not going to believe who Not the showed. house that you live in, but the house. house well, you, you know live. what? You know, you know what? Uh, I, I was, what, what are you doing, Upshaw? I was doing a tease. <laughs> All right. I was doing Fire a, at your I house. Was, I was doing a tease. Could be the house I lived in. Maybe, maybe not. You'll have to tune in and find out. Anyway, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to lead with episode 481 uh, with that topic because we're just running out of time a little bit and I don't want to run out of voice here. And I talked a lot in that, in that first segment and I want to be able to tell you guys what happened because it's preventable and I don't want it to happen at your house. Okay. And Ron is right. It did not happen in my, my primary house. Uh, It happened at one of my rental properties that were just, Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I was at Whole Foods yesterday. I don't shop there a lot. because uh, Who can afford a Whole Foods right now? You're Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck, and all that. You go anywhere that now, though, it's Whole Paycheck. You go to QFC, it's Whole Paycheck. I go to Ken's Market, it's Whole Paycheck. 
the LaCroix I go there and buy for usually $3.99 for a 12-er because that's my 12-pack I drink. I used to drink a different 12-pack probably two decades ago, right? Can't do that anymore. Body can't handle it. So I go and I buy the LaCroix. It's like $10.99, right? It's, it, it's really amazing the inflation that we're all experiencing. Along with the inflation, and this is the thing, you know, as we think about real estate, 40% uh, of deals that were being done last year at this time are gone. But let's also remember the deals that were being done last year, people knew that interest rates were going to rise. And so they were going out buying as much house as they could afford before they th- saw this thing flip. Along with that, people are buying vacation homes, rental properties, and we, and we saw a lot of that. So we're going through a correction right now. We're not seeing, we're seeing a correction in price here in Seattle. And I think it's kind of corrected. It's kind of be, it's going to kind of, what do you, what do you think of that? Do you, do you think it is where, where it's going to kind of be, or do you think there's more of a correction that that's coming in the, in the, in the Pacific Northwest? I think it's so neighborhood specific. Like, like I've heard that's, I've heard, so I do look at the, the macro studies and you can take everything and go, oh, it's down by X percentage. And, yeah. and that information like a, is- Like I just did, the 48% right. so nationwide. That stuff is helpful uh, when you're thinking about an entire system. But if you live uh, on Queen Anne, like we're, we're sitting right now, versus living, let's say, in Des Moines or living in Tacoma, or you live on Bainbridge Island, or where, you know you live in these different pockets, you know Northgate or Bellevue, yeah. uh, and I could go on and on. It's so different in those areas. So, for instance, right now, if you're in Medina uh, and you listed your house, good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm, my neighbor got four million dollars for their waterfront property last year," I'm going to mine's nicer than theirs. I'm listing it for four point five million. Like those type of properties might be in worse shape right now in the last decade because the people that can afford a four and a half million dollar house are going, yeah, like I'm fine in my $3 million house now. Like that one's a little, like I'd I'd love to live on the water, but living one block away from the water is not too shabby. And I got a a 2.5% interest rate. So I'm just going to hang tight. Uh, I don't need to buy that house. It's, it's a luxury item. And so therefore I'm going to hang tight. Now, if you're buying a condo in Puyallup, uh, and it's $350,000, you might, that might be as competitive as ever. Yeah. Uh, let's say you, uh, live near, like we talked about in the first segment hospital, uh, and you're a hospital worker and you want to be an owner, like the houses and the condos that are around that hospital, you're probably still battling. Yeah. You're probably still escalating. Yep. Not as much as you were before, mm-hmm. but you, you still are. So I think it's so specific. I, I try to not uh, steer people towards going, um, taking a macro study and applying it to them. Because, and I always try to say this, let's say, for instance, that you got transferred to New Jersey for your job. Me? Or anyone? What person? I can't. I can't wait to tell my son. We're we're going to New Jersey. New Jersey. Ron, uh, Ron, who's my master broker. You are. You're just transferred to New Jersey. Just transferred me. Yeah. Um, What does it matter? Like so, another. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say you're were transferred. You just got a job in tech here. You just got your dream job at Amazon or Apple or Facebook, and you're moving to Seattle. What does it matter what the micro trend is for that person? They need a place to live. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you got transferred the other way, 
you need a place to live in New Jersey. So what does it matter what the macro trend is in your, in your, uh, in your specific neighborhood, except that you can, if you have the pockets, you can go, well, let's wait. I'm going to push this off till next spring. But if you don't have, like when my parents would move growing up, they didn't have the cash reserves, uh, to hold on to it and keep it a rental property. They needed that equity to, we moved from Albuquerque to Denver. Yeah. They needed the equity in the Albuquerque house to buy something in Denver. It wasn't an option uh, for them to hang on to that property and buy a new property. And so it didn't matter what specific cycle we were in in the market. That's what they, they their hand was forced. Mm. My dad got a new job. Uh, he had to move. And so that put those dominoes into effect. So I, I, I that's why we talk about running on sit downs all the time. Every situation is different. And this is why, to me, the e-buyer thing and that concept is still years away. I'm not going to say it'll never happen, but I still think it's years away because each thing is different. Your life is different. The, there are macro strategies that we can see if they fit. But so many times, it's very, very custom for you. Like we just closed on a house, uh, you know, four or six weeks ago uh, for a guy in tech. It's his first time house. Uh, I think we hit it out of the park. He's really happy, but it's a very specific strategy for him. He's yeah. in a very specific place in his life. And I met his family and I met his mom and I met his sister and I know his history. And like, we had to custom craft a way to get him into this place. Yeah. And that's very different for different clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Anyway, you guys, you want to sit down with us, run it on sitdown.com. We talked to someone the other day that has a reverse mortgage. They're going to sell at some point next spring. So we're talking now, we're, we're strategizing now. We have another client that's going to sell a year from now, uh, right before the holiday cycle next year. Guess when we're talking? We talked two months ago. We have another client over in Woodenville that's selling an amazing home over there uh, and heading down to Portland. It'll be 18 months. By the, by the time we bring that home on, our conversation will have started when we backtrack about 18 months. And so, then on the other side, where we have some buyers, yeah. they're like, oh, I'm going to buy in. I can take my time. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna, you know, make my offer. And, and it's like, boom, there's five offers. You missed that one yeah. because of the price point and the location. Yeah. So I think that particular client was like, oh, I need to be a little more, when it's go time to pull the trigger with the type of place I'm looking for, yeah. there's not a lot of them. And so I need to be ready to go I have a little more sense of urgency. I thought because I read all these news stories that I could saunter in yeah. and basically write my own ticket, not on the type of property that client is looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And to put a bow around it, uh, and I think this, this will help us all because, because Ron made all these great points. Here in Queen Anne, if you would have moved here a decade ago, ago, or twelve years ago, like I did, maybe the average price on the hill was four or five hundred thousand. The average price now was driven up to one point five million. Right? I have a next door neighbor. He came on at two one. He was on for months, and he just sold at one six. So my new next door neighbor is. It, it, it's going to go back toward 2-1. It's not going to take 10 years to get there. It's it, it's not. I bet it'll hate, take half the time to get there, and then it's just going to keep going. What, what's interesting, though, is I am uh, helping a Seattle firefighter right now uh, look for their first home out in a place like Granite Falls or North Bend. We've already written two deals, and those deals, that's, that's like those are like half a million-dollar homes, 
and those deals escalated, Ron, and we didn't get those deals. So it 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 it's like it's crazy that on Queen Anne, there's enough buffer where you could buy a home right now, five hundred back. But out in Granite Falls, you better bring the checkbook. Yeah, it always my answer, and I know it frustrates you. It always it depends. It depends. So it depends on the person, depends on the time of the year, depends on yeah. how much cash you have, depends on what your life situation is. So I, I do like to talk about macro trends, yeah. but for the individual, if you are jumping into real estate, it depends. It depends. And and I know one day we're gonna be sitting here doing this podcast in our depends. Hey oh, <laughs> Now that's going to be a rough day. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer. And there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy down, right? Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. Really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, how do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. One thing that we've tried to do on this podcast, because we know we have people out there, Republican, Democrat, Independent. I voted for Republican, Democrats my whole life. I don't, I don't vote the ticket. I don't know. Uh, I don't think Ron does either. I think we vote the issues, the people. Uh, sometimes you just want some new blood or try something new and you see something that you believed in, but it's not working. Um Anyway, so we try to steer away from politics, but it's really hard to steer away from it's very, very hard to steer away from this one, isn't it? There's a, a news story out. I saw this on Coop Anderson uh, last night on CNN. And so this comes off of the heels of uh, Kanye West, Yee, uh, and his buddy Nick Fuentes having dinner with the ex-president of Mar-a-Lago, of course. Virulent anti-Semites, that story blew up. And so some people, some reporters started looking into it. It's like, okay, well, who's going... Who's coming and going from Mar-a-Lago? And so just as a, as a, this is my basic knowledge of this resort. There is a, a private membership club and there's also the private residence. And so they're two separate things, but they intermingle in the sense that the former president will, you know, dine at the, in the hall of the club. Yeah. But and I, and I, and I will say just, just to add to this, when they're in New York, uh, he and his wife live on separate floors because uh, I used to know the press secretary for the president and also uh, for Melania. And then when they're there, she has her own apartment and area and suite, and he does as well. So, and it's not that they don't like each other because they do, but they are they in a lot of ways live live, live separate. 
private lives, which is amazing that they can pull that off at Mar-a-Lago because if you ever look at it on a map, it's very small. It's 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 it is not it is it's it's kind of like when you go to the White House. I thought this thing would be bigger. You go to the Grand Canyon and go, wow, this effing thing is so grand. A few, man. few more pieces of background. So um, this, the story I'm about to tell you is during the time where the classified documents were still on the premises in Mar-a-Lago. And we just had that story of more classified documents showing up in a storage unit by his, uh, by some wrestling valet, by some WWE wrestling belts that someone gave him with his name. And on then it. the other thing to point out is there is, as far as I know, because we have interacted and interviewed Jimmy Carter, there are security protocols when you want to meet a former president and you have to go through background checks. Uh, you have to have a, the secret service pull your name and usually your social security number and everything typically. And so if you are uh, at an event where a former president is most likely most of the time to my knowledge and maybe Don knows differently than I do, but most of the time it is not something where, uh, there's just an open invitation where you can just waltz in, uh, and not have to show any credentials or go through any background check. So that sort of sets the stage. So, and you can check this out with Anderson Cooper on the 360. The, the, the Pittsburgh Gazette has uncovered when they started looking through this. There is this very attractive brunette woman. And I bring that up because I, I think it's, if you've followed, Trump's career, you will see that many times he yeah. will choose an attractive woman in a role because of, for whatever reason. My friend Stephanie is a very attractive uh, brunette woman that he selected to run all his rallies and then ultimately become his press secretary. So this is a very attractive brunette woman. Yeah. So There's a photographs of her uh, with Donald Trump and I believe uh, one other high ranking. Who's the guy that just testified down in Georgia? Uh, the real doughy faced. Um, it's I want to say Newt Gingrich, but it's not Gingrich. It's that uh, the other guy. Uh, it'll it'll come to me. Okay. So um, there's a picture of them on the golf course. They're doing the patented thumbs up pose. So what she did is she and and she drives up to Mar-a-Lago, and she says, "I'm Anna Rothschild wow. of the Rothschild banking fame. Oh, you're I'm an heiress." She is an heiress. That's and amazing. so she's wearing, she drives up in a $170,000 Mercedes Benz. Yeah. She has a, a gold Rolex on. Look out now. Designer clothing, uh, uh, nice jewelry. Bring it in. Uh, very attractive. Frontline ready. She walks right into Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. No background check, no security stoppage. Uh, picture with the president. She seems to have free reign. She took a picture uh, with the president. Yeah, there's a picture of her and the the, the oh. doughboy that used to that was just testifying down in Georgia. Lindsey Graham with uh, Lindsey Graham, Do, otherwise known as Doughboy. Yeah, pick, you can't tell me he doesn't look like it. He's a you know what? Doughy. Anytime you you start looking stealth again, like you are, and you go back, I know you've been working <laughs> right. out. You call you start calling other people Doughboy, dude. So anyway, so there's a picture of them on the golf course. There's video of her at an event. Uh, showing the president and secret service and everything else. Yeah. And so they, um, the Pittsburgh Gazette looks into this and they're like, they get a copy of her driver's license somehow. Look up the address. It's an $18 million waterfront home, uh, in Florida. There's no record of her ever living there. It's not owned by the Rothschilds. They dig a little deeper. This woman turns out was born in Ukraine right next to Russia. Yeah. They moved to America. Her uh, father's a truck driver. Her mother is a maid. 
Um, between them, they never uh, earned $170,000 in a year in their life, let alone could buy a $170,000 vehicle. Yeah. Uh, so now the Pittsburgh Gazette is going, who did the background check on this? How is this woman with ties to Russia inside Mar-a-Lago while there is unsecured classified documents with nuclear secrets on them? Uh, who is she working for? Is she a spy? Her lawyers have said she's not a spy. Her lawyers are saying those passports and documents with her photo on them that say Anna Rothschild were are forged. Someone did those in Photoshop and gave them to you. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Coop Anderson has an eyewitness that played golf as a member at Mar-a-Lago. He's like, I met this woman. She introduced herself as Anna Rothschild. Uh, I saw her at multiple events. Mm. Um, I teed off and played golf on this golf course. Yeah. That is her with the president and uh, Lindsey Graham. He's like, I don't know what they're talking about, but I saw her and met her, and she represented herself as Anna Rothschild. Oh, okay, well, there there was a couple we'll remember during the I think it was during the Obama administration, isn't it, where they broke into kind of the state dinner and got a picture. And then I don't got, believe it was a person from Russia uh, uh, with, no, a false, no, with a false name. No, it was two. It was a couple, and they were trying to make their way on to reality television. Right? Yeah. No, there so, are times where so, this happens, so, and, and and we also saw a guy rush the white house get over the fence get inside the door i mean i mean i'm it's, not saying it's, it's impossible ha- it's, it's happened during other administrations i, I, I as guess well. the thing that is alarming to me is you have assets around the world whose lives are literally on the line yeah where they are undercover they are trying to gather intelligence for the united states in some pretty sketchy areas around the world and their nuclear codes for different countries uh, on documents on the premises. I don't know. It's, it's who knows what she did while she was, maybe she just went to a dinner and she was trying to get a Netflix show and she's posing as a, as a banking heiress. Uh, But the guy they talked to the eyewitness is like, yeah, she talked about their growing up in Monaco and the yachts that they had and the different properties they had. And uh, she did her research on that and sort of disguised her accent to maybe come across as a Rothschild. It's a fascinating story. They're still investigating it, but you should definitely check it out. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. Wow. I guess that's, uh, that if you happen to be a very attractive woman with ties to Russia, I guess you can just walk into Mar-a-Lago and have free reign of the place. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, she's single. I don't know if she's single or not. I don't know if I'd want to hook, hook my wagon to that train yeah. at this particular juncture. Right. Hey, guys, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. Listen to episode 480. It means a lot to us. If you need us, uh, now is the time to buy in the holiday market. Now is not the time to sell, right? No real estate agent out there is going to probably tell you that, but we'll tell you that. You're not going to sell right now. Nobody, if you can hang on to your house through the holidays, we're not selling. If somebody is selling during the holidays, it's because they need to. And so it's a great opportunity for you to go out and buy because the cycle of life still happens, right? People still move, people pass away. There's estate sales, all kinds of stuff. So if you see a deal out there right now, call us. Let's write it. Let's go do it. Uh, let's make this happen now. But also make sure with, a, with, with what's happening with the economy, and Ron and I uh, know this very well, make sure that you have plenty of reserves on hand. 
for what might be ahead in 2023 because it looks like it's going to be a little bumpy till we get to 2024. Remember, the housing is the first to go, which it's gone, but it's also the first to come storming back. COVID was a health crisis, not a housing crisis. And uh, right now, here in the great specific Northwest, housing is still a premium. So it's great to own a home. It's great to invest in a commercial building. It's also great to invest in an apartment building and, and things like that. I have a friend that just bought a 26-unit apartment building now because someone had to sell and they had the wherewithal to step in and buy. If you need us, Ron, just reach out, right? Yeah, Ron at ronandon.com. Let's set up a Ron and Don sit down and start to strategize on your behalf. Yeah, this is the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for listening, you guys. That's my mom coughing in the other room. She has the flu, too. Only! See, I can't do it. On the Ron and Don, ooh, radio network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.